Oh, I don't know. Oh, I felt like Mina today because I was the star of the internet for like five minutes. It was amazing. You explicitly told me a few days ago that you were looking to get better at uh, at the internet. So uh, mission accomplished then. Yep. The problem is not having a one hit. I can be a one hit wonder. My issue is I can't sustain it. I got to figure out how to force. I need to set a timer and force myself to sustain internet engagement. Ugh. That was my advice to you. Well, a good place <laughs> to start is with this program. Yeah, I guess so. Debatable. It's your favorite analyst's favorite show. And I'm Dominic Fox with That's Me in the Times. Um, and that is Alabaster who's going to come in and ask us questions. Questions that we already know, so I'm not sure we need you. You, cer- you certainly don't. I'm hanging on by a thread. Um, but let's get, yeah. let's get started with... There's a list of jobs that could be replaced with AI. <laughs> literally, uh... literally, I'm at the top of that list. Um, I don't know. Oh, Mina, have you heard that the the internet is calling? Okay, okay. I mean, so he's been on, he's a co-host on my podcast, so his face is on there a lot, and he's got a little hive that thinks he's cute. They call him the Vanilla Snack. I wish I was making it up. Vanilla Snack is his nickname. The Vanilla Snack. It's like the Vanilla Vic, like Vanilla Vic, but interesting. I mean, it, yeah. Uh... (laughs) I guess snacks can be vanilla, so it makes sense. Uh, How many people are we? All right, guys, about let's let's, let's talk about some like let's person? talk about some sports. Uh, ones um, of people, ones of them. All right, guys. Uh, so, which match are you more excited to watch on Friday? Messi's debut in Miami or the U.S. Women's National Team versus Vietnam? Thanks. For me, it's definitely the Women's National Team. Like, I feel like. I'm supposed to say Messi because he's like a god amongst men. I, I do have interest. No, you're just supposed to say the World Cup. Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it, it's it's a high stakes match that like really matters. And this yeah. is one of those sports that I think it's okay. Well, I guess this match doesn't matter so much because it's in the group stage that so they're obviously going to get out of. But it's one of those sports <laughs> that none of us really pay too much attention to until it's time. And then I get fully invested and I look forward to it. I'm excited about getting fully invested in this team along with the rest of the country. I, I pay attention to us women's soccer uh, as much as possible. And because I do, I know that. Don't, uh, don't try to this, play me. You are not watching us women's you, soccer. You don't get to roll me into the, no one pays that we don't know what's going on. Oh, I no, do, no, I do but, know what's going on. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Anyways. The point I was going to make is that while this question, the answer is obviously the World Cup. The World Cup is awesome. I can't wait to watch it. This is a pretty lopsided opener for the U.S. And I think that's the one place where you could argue that this match might not hold people's interest for very long. On one hand, you have the um, team that is gunning to go back to back to back for the first time in the history of World Cups, men or women. On the other hand, you have a team that is, I believe, making their debut in Vietnam. Uh, I'm trying to think of an an analogy in other sports. You know, this is the one versus the 16 seed here. Let me ask you this. One versus 16 is being being generous. Yeah, that's actually too generous, right? (laughs) Okay, let me ask you this, because I do want to talk about the U.S. women's team and kind of the expectations for the World Cup beyond this game. But I do want to ask you this about this particular game. Am I soft for feeling sorry for these teams from countries. And this is across, after like six goals, I'm kind of like, okay, 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 
okay, okay, okay, okay. Like, let's, you know, settle down. I, I start, especially when like the keeper is just clearly like, what, what did I do? Why did I, why am I here? Why did I fly way across the world to watch Sophia Smith and Alex Morgan score 300 goals on me? Like, I, 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 I just feel bad. I just I, feel bad. I know That's you all. and I know you have a good heart, but this is why you can't play me because you would <laughs> never say that for the Seahawks. You would never say that for the Mariners. You would never be in the middle they of a game. They would never be facing that much of a, a dis disparity in talent. Sorry, Charlie. Dominique, how did you feel when you lost by like 150 points to Florida? Did you feel bad for yourself? <laughs> I did not. I did not. And that's the point I was going to make. I think it's okay for the fans to feel a little bad, but the players, no. You keep piling no. on. It's nothing more fun than whooping well, somebody's the the starters will be out yeah, by you know yeah, twenty minutes in or something like that. Actually, that's where this gets important because, as much as the U.S. are the favorites, as much as we will see many familiar faces, this is Pino's last World Cup. I think the nine starters from France are going to be in the mix. There's a lot of people who have never played yeah. in this level before for the U.S. So it's I think an opportunity for them in this opener to get experience early on and to kind of get their sea legs underneath I mean, they're, they're best forward. So you talk about Rapino, who's 38, uh, and Alisa Thompson is 18. <laughs> and I think Sophia Smith, their other best forward is 22, and Trinity Rodman yeah. is a young player also. This is certainly like the changing of the guard, I guess. There's still some veteran players there. Um, I'm thinking, I guess this is my football bias, but Julie Ertz is my favorite player just because she was smart enough to marry a football player. But oh, I thought you were just because she oh, plays yeah. kind of like she a football does, she's player. Physical she's, she's like, oh my god, yeah. yeah. But she's I mean, definitely the bruiser. I'm yeah. excited for for the whole country to get excited about this one yeah. thing. So it'll be nice. I think the I've always when I start to read up on these things and get like up to date. I remember like the Olympics and the World Cup, and even though they didn't win the Olympics. Coming in, I feel like there's really no chance. I kind of feel like USA basketball, but reading about this year's World Cup, like I know England has a bunch of injuries, but like Spain and Sweden and Germany, yeah. like I don't feel like with this young team, no. that is as yeah. much of a foregone conclusion as I have in the past, which is going to be a fun ride. The rest, this is the thing you, not only you, we've been hearing for now like five plus years, but you've been seeing in results you saw in the last Olympics, like the rest of the world is catching up. They are investing a lot more in women's soccer. It's the reason why a lot of the U.S. players play internationally now, because there's more opportunities in Europe and, and whatnot. So I do think it could be really close and really exciting. It just probably won't be on Friday. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'm, I'm pumped. Like the, I, My excitement level goes from like zero to 60 so quickly with world cups in general like i mean i'm you know i'm excited but you know it's out of sight out of mind at the moment and then bam all of a sudden um are you a scheduling world everything cup, around it are you a world cup party watcher or is this more like your nfl experience where you don't really need people around you i would love to watch these people i don't really have friends to watch <laughs> around here <laughs> Although we do have the advantage of it being at 6 p.m. Pacific, these yeah, uh, we got two games, nine which rocks. So, yeah. yeah, but it's also so it's going to be a rough kickoff for me because it's also Barbie weekend. We got oh. tickets to Barbie. I would like to see Oppenheimer at some point, so I might have to miss the opener as much as, or maybe we can get early tickets to Barbie. I don't you know. Got to get the Barbie Oppenheimer World Cup triple header oh going. My gosh, pass out! Why don't you throw Mission Impossible on there too? Just. All right. <laughs>
No. <laughs> so no, we got yet. we got anything on Messi? I mean, he is like oh, the world's greatest oh, footballer. I, I mean, we made a big deal when Zlatan came and hit a couple bangers in his first MLS game. Nothing on this one. It's about Sergio Busquets also. The thing that I find interesting about Messi, when I was reading about that, he's in the group chat and one of the players needed some tickets and he was like, all right, the group chat for the team. He's like, all right, how many you need? Like he would take care of it. And it just made me think how it feels like when I'm with old <laughs> friends, like obviously I'm going to pick up the check, but Messi with yeah, these like, guys, bro, like, bro. <laughs> like, I, I mean, my friends will sometimes pretend to reach for their card or something. And then I'm like, all right, man, whatever. Don't worry about it. Especially if they're with their wives or something, they reach their card. I'm like, no, nah, don't worry about it. I understand the, the show you got to put on. But with Messi, let's not play. Let's, you just you got watch... a billion dollars. We're not even going to play around, man. Did you watch this? I know. It's like, we can Google your net worth. <laughs> and the, actual, the results are actually correct, unlike most people. Um, did you watch the show Jury Duty by any chance yeah, on Amazon? I did. You know the scene? okay there's a scene for the i'm not spoiling anything where so the premise of the show is it's a jury they're actually actors but james martin who's playing himself is one of the jurors and there's a scene where they all go out to dinner and they all like kind of look at him like james martin's gonna pick up the check right <laughs> and then ultimately uh he does but anyways i feel uh, like I'm, that's what it that's kind of the dynamic forget picking up the check yeah that's what it's going to be like to be around him at all time like imagine <laughs> you're just i don't know a guy at the end of this roster like i i, I you know what I analogy is there in yeah i guess it's like when there we, need when to be watches in all the lockers when they show up like watches <laughs> in all the lockers from from messi not no cheap watches either i mean you need some nice watches um th there was a vanilla snack briefly put up a a uh, little I hate fact this. about how the uh, ticket prices have soared for this. I think that's actually what intrigues me the most about this is not watching Messi because like, he's Messi. We, you know, he doesn't have anything to prove. But I, I want to see if the spectacle follows because this is, of course, a bet on his a bet meaning by MLS and whatever, and of course Miami on his business impact, the ability to not just put fans in seats but make it feel different. And I think yeah. that's something I'm curious about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Alabasta, moving on. All right, guys, we'll move on to uh, yeah, a story you guys definitely want to talk about. Um, what's your takeaway from the NFL's investigation report on the Commanders and Daniel Snyder? Yeah, I mean, it was he has to pay $60 million. I don't care so much about that. I mean, it, it was a reminder of things that we already knew and felt in reading the report that was not a whole bunch new but i guess it doesn't mean that we can't revisit it they kind of sustained the accusations of him putting his hand on uh tiffany johnston's leg in the restaurant and trying to uh push her to his uh his limo after they left they uh, also kind of sustained not kind of they also sustained the idea that people dug up her photos where she her body was not completely covered they could not prove that those were presented to dan snyder but they showed that that happened but uh while those are like the most offensive things we kind of already knew that the less offensive things that we actually did get some more hardcore evidence from was the the stealing of the money from not just nfl teams which he did but also from fans who put down deposits to lease um, suites 
So they said there were tens of millions of dollars worth of transfers that they could not account for that um, the the team refused to help them explain. They also found eleven million dollars that they kept out of the um, the shared money pot that goes with the league. So I mean, it's it's nothing new. It's all the stuff that we already knew and expected. But I guess it's good to be reminded of it and good to have it on paper. Yeah, the, you know the key takeaways for me were that the investigation talked to a lot of people and yeah. did a lot, you know, got a lot of documents, found both Johnston and then Jason Friedman, who was the former commander's executive who alleged basically that they were hiding money to be credible. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Dan Snyder has gone after Friedman, you know, it, right. it, 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 and I think um, ultimately White coming down on both of their sides is kind of the big takeaway. They also... She also really emphasized uh, how Dan Snyder did not participate in the investigation was, you know, that they tried to make it harder for them to find stuff. They were pushing back. He wouldn't be interviewed again, like kind of stuff we know, but it was, you know, seeing it all laid out was pretty stark. Um, I've seen a lot of people with the you know a fair reaction that it's also bittersweet to see this guy get called out punished and then ultimately rewarded with six billion dollars from selling the team you and i have talked a lot about though how like yes that's a lot of money but he clearly didn't want to sell it so while understand that it's very uh it's crappy <laughs> frankly, that, you know, I don't think like the difference between him making $4 billion or $6 billion or whatever is going to materially change his life so much as being publicly humiliated, universally called the worst owner in sports and ultimately forced out of the league. Uh, that's the real punishment here for him. Yeah, I think uh, I think I read there were 44 witnesses and there were tens of thousands of doc- documents, witnesses that they talked to and tens of thousands of documents that they went through. Um, to pick up on your point, they talked to a bunch of people and looked at lots of documents. But yeah, uh, after a certain threshold of money, there's like having more money doesn't improve your quality of life. So I get why people, like you were saying, why people don't love that he's making all this money. But what I think he had that has been taken away from him was what made him special and the one thing he, he cared about. Like he grew up a fan of the Washington team. He loved that team. That was the one thing that it seemed like he really, really cared about was uh, being the owner of that team, being one of 32 or 31 billionaires who get to own a team. And it was the team that he grew up watching. So if people are looking for some catharsis in whatever pain that you think that he might be feeling, I think you should understand that being publicly embarrassed and having a team taken from him the seemingly one thing that he cared about is the best that we can muster. And it's not too bad, I guess. And I'm, I'm glad, like, you know, for Friedman, for Johnston, who in the report, she yeah. talks about how she originally didn't want to be named because she knew she was worried about what it would do to her life. I hope this moment brings them peace. Yeah. And I hope having their claims uh, sustained by the investigators is validating. And I, I imagine it must be, frankly. Um, they she sided with them you know there was tons of tons of evidence and and witnesses and all of that and i think that was really important it was really important that the nfl put it out put it on the record embarrassed him further that he didn't get to hide from any of it all that really matters so i I, again you know like i 
I understand that it feels a little bit hollow in some ways, but uh, you know, it, it, it is certainly the best outcome, even if it took a disgustingly long time to get here. Going forward, I wonder what the owners are going to do about stealing from each other, because I don't imagine that he's the only one. And I don't imagine that now that they've caught him, that they are like, all right, we got the one guy who's stealing out of the league. I don't know. It's probably not very interesting to anybody else, but it's something that after reading that Van Nata and Wickersham piece a couple weeks ago, I love thinking about the backroom politics of all these selfish, super billionaire people. Anyway, got to check. Moving on. All right, guys. Let's talk some ball. It's time to talk about the Jets. They got a really tough schedule. They got a new quarterback, and they're the Jets. So. Who knows what's going to happen? If the Jets start off slowly, could you see this team headed for a spectacular collapse? Well, start off slowly. They they likely will start off slowly as far as the record is concerned. But it depends on how competitive they are in the games, I think, how we feel about them. But they start out with the Bills, Cowboys, Pats, Chiefs, Broncos, Eagles, before it starts to get a little bit easier. Like, uh, I mean, the Pats is the easiest game in there, and that defense is always good. So there's a good chance that they could start out one and five, two and three, or or worse. And I think it would turn into a collapse if Aaron Rodgers is throwing picks and Aaron Rodgers is getting sacked. The real issue is, frankly, his health in the offensive line. You get older, you get hurt a little bit more, and you can't do the things you wanted to before, which is why Tom Brady, when he went down to Tampa, he made sure that his old line was – uh, accomplished. We have a different situation in New York with Aaron Rodgers with Brown and Becton on edges. Your boy, Dwayne Brown. Maybe, that's, maybe. We don't yeah, even know fair. if they're playing Dolphin. I, I, I just checked this today because we were talking about the Jets on NFL Live and I wanted to find out who was starting at tackle. There, uh, like Dwayne Brown wasn't practicing. Billy Turner was on the left side. Mikai Becton was on the second team. Max Mitchell was on the right side. Like it, it is dubious yeah. and those teams you mentioned the bills the cowboys yeah the Patri- i don't know what's going on in my voice the patriots <laughs> Frick, even you know the broncos the chiefs and the eagles like you could argue those six teams yeah. are all in the top 10 to 12 defenses in the <sighs> nfl i mean that's that's so like, that they, is a tough schedule they got chris jones uh and the Eagles, I mean, everyone on the Eagles, they got Bradley Chubb to deal with. Uh, or he's got, he's in Miami now, but, but yeah. Oh, I, oh I mean, yeah. The Broncos, the Broncos. That, that's, that's what I was thinking. They, Bradley if yeah, they right, get past Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence in week two. I, I didn't want to name Micah Parsons because that seems unfair. They're not getting past him. Like that's the game that they need to just try to survive. Just survive. I, like, you mentioned one in five being a possibility. I mean, they do have Bradley Chubb eventually because they are in that division with the Dolphins. Oh, yeah, then they have gotta, to right. Well, that's the thing about the, the AFC East is like crazy murderous row yeah. defenses. And that, 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 by the way, is why I think the Jets have a chance in these games, regardless of what's going on in offense, because their defense is one of that murderous row of defenses. But to your point, I think I think it has to be the combination of losing and then Rogers struggling. Like right. if the pass protection is such and Rod that, that it just looks bad, like the there will be so much chaos around this team if that were to transpire. This is a team that even didn't even want to be in hard knocks. Like you don't you think this is gonna go down well if I mean 
it is the circus potential is very high. I mean, is there a way that come that they come out of those first few weeks where like we are not going crazy? Because I feel like either way, <laughs> if they come out five and one, the media is going nuts. This is the yeah. best thing ever. If they come out one and five, we're like, oh, this team is all blown up. Aaron Rodgers, there's going to be so many drug jokes. It's going to be exhausting. Is there a way that they can come out of this where we're just like, eh, whatever? Yes. Dak Prescott throws three picks, and that's how they beat the Cowboys, and that's all we talk about. That's fair. If the Cowboys do anything, but I don't know. It's still the New York Jets. I don't know. Thank I work you. on Get Up with, with Mike Greenberg, I, so we're talking about Jet stuff no matter what happens. We're talking about – okay, so so we've been cowardly talking about possibilities. Let's talk about what we actually think will happen. Yeah. Like, if you actually ha- – look at look at those first three games. We just, let's do the first three. Bills, Cowboys, Patriots. I could see one and two feels like one and two. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think that if I had to bet on it, uh, we saw Alabaster put up nine and a half is the over under for their wins on the season. But if we're looking at those first three games, I think that I don't want to say which games there are, but I think they are better than the Pats maybe talent wise, but they are not better coaching than the Pats. They're not better than any of these teams, like decidedly better than any of these teams. It might be right now. Well, and that's, I mean, yeah, God, Bill Belichick against Nathaniel Hackett. Um, Maddie X. I do think this is an offense, and we, I don't think either of us are worried about the defense, that could look better in the second half of the season than they do in the first. Um, you know, I don't, even, I don't, I'm not even sure what the status is of Brees Hall right now. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and I think having him is really important for this offense because death behind him is not, it's okay. Um, I think that they really like so much of what I expect them to try to do on offense is going to flow from that outside zone rushing attack. And if he's not there, it's not really going to be as successful. I, I don't know. I'm I'm skeptical of the offense. Yeah. I think defense will be great. Though. I think it's more likely to come out of those first three games 0-3 than 3-0. and I think we would agree yeah. on that. Um, but the most likely scenario is they get one of those games just because football happens and sometimes football happens. And they're close enough. Like, they're not terrible. Their yeah. defense is going to keep them close. Aaron Rodgers is going to make some plays late in the game, and they'll probably beat the Cowboys in a close game and then – We'll be firing Mike McCarthy in week two, baby. So, but if they go one and two, and then they have the, I forget the order, but the Broncos, the Eagles, and the Chiefs, I think we probably would have them again going one and two. So you're looking at two and four, two and four. Yeah, yeah they got the Chiefs. Is two and four panic enough? Like, will that induce panic? Two and four is pretty. Yeah. I mean, it depends on, it depends on if that win is against the Eagles because they have the Eagles last. So it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, after the Pats is Chiefs, Broncos, Eagles. So, yeah, they're going to lose to the Chiefs, we assume. And they have a chance of beating the Broncos, and I assume they're definitely going to lose to the Eagles. It really is all about the schedule because I don't yeah. think they're – like, I think they're a good team. The defense is too good for this team to be right. bad. Right. Yeah, that's the if, thing. Is is yeah. As long as – and this is this this is how I would talk myself into it is Aaron Rodgers doesn't turn the ball over. The defense is going to keep the game close. And when the game is close in football at the end, 
Like random things can happen and you have yeah. a great receiver and a good quarterback. So I don't expect them to get blown out. I, you know, like I guess it's possible they could get blown out by the Chiefs or the Bills. I don't expect anybody else to blow them out. Maybe the Eagles. But that's yeah, they'll just be close and then Aaron Rodgers will make a one great throw in the fourth quarter and will explode. That's it. I would just like to to note one thing that Aaron Rodgers doesn't turn the ball over until it counts in the playoffs. Well, we're talking about the first six games of the year, not the playoffs. Hater. Can we do better than vanilla? Vanilla snack? (laughs) I would prefer if no one ever said that again. So, yes, we can definitely do better. (laughs) Snow cap? Um, Yeah, let's go with snow cap. Definitely go with snow cap. (laughs) Um, Does Daryl Morey owe it to James Harden to trade him where he wants? He's so flustered. He's so flabbergasted. He's so yeah, he is flustered. I didn't even hear the question. Read it again. Oh, does Daryl Morey owe it to James Harden to trade? Yeah, him? absolutely. <laughs> what kind of question is that? Yeah, I, I mean. Oh, yeah. Give him whatever he wants. He took a pay cut last year. So it is now his. And he's also. Here we go. Here it is. I found it. Daryl Morey is now considered and it's become dork elvis or nerd elvis whatever bill simmons calls him and he's the most famous and kind of well-known nba gm and he's revered for revolutionizing basketball all because james harden was as good as he had hoped so Ah. daryl morey owes everything that he has to james harden so the least he could that's some good spin right there i could be a lawyer the least he could do is trade this man where he wants to go. Ha! Um, if, okay. We all said that trade was dumb. He's like, no, that's a too much. Well, actually we thought it was dumb for OKC. But anyway, no one thought that he was gonna turn to an MVP and they were gonna be the only team that's that gave the Warriors, only team in the West to give the Warriors a real serious scare. That's all Daryl Morey, got him a whole nother job and a, and some more checks. Thanks, James Harden. I mean, Maury's entire image, the uh, the praise that he's gotten is built on being the guy who does not do this. Right. <laughs> uh, the guy who doesn't cave. Uh, it honestly kind of begs comparisons. Like, why aren't more? I don't know. Whatever. Anyways. Yeah. Um, I don't, I think if he were to trade James Harden, I mean, there's, first of all, there's no good trade packages out there. So this is, it's such a stupid conversation. <laughs> like you're, I'm reading articles like, oh, the Clippers aren't going to part ways with Terrence Mann. Like <laughs> him trading away James Harden for nothing would be essentially not only tanking the Sixers prospects this season, but probably alienating Joel Embiid and sending him out like what there's just no reason for him to do this I don't understand yeah I guess you're gonna you know this culminate will culminate in some sort of standoff insert fat suit joke but like I I don't understand any logical case for him giving in. Yeah, I mean, Harden's value is pretty low right now. The logical case would, or the the logical thing to do would be to try to increase his value by letting him play and hoping some other team becomes desperate for 
a ball handler that can uh, distribute and hit open shots, and then you fleece that team then. I think it's pretty clear that as the 76ers are currently constructed, no, oh my gosh, no one believes that they are going to be a championship contender anytime soon. So got to get Joel and beat. I mean, you're hoping for injuries. They're not better than... They're not better than the Celtics, uh, I don't think. So, yeah. I mean, they're not better than the Bucks. I don't think. The Bucks are aging, but I think the Bucks are better. The Heat, uh, it's just – and I don't see a way that they can get better because you would hope that players would get better. I guess Tyrese Maxey becomes the number one, but he can as long as James Harden is there. So, like, it, it feels like they've put themselves in a bad situation. Can I give the case for why Daryl Morey actually should do what James Harden wants? Sure. I just and, did. No, but th- this one is unique because we've we heard the people being like, oh, the Blazers should trade Dame where he wants so they can eventually sign a free agent. The difference here is that Morey sort of entrapped him into this contract, got him to opt in when he would have made $130, $150 million last offseason. But it's not only that. His relationship is so tied with Harden and then trying to build a two-superstar team. That's what he's done all the way since Houston. And they've loaded up on cap space for next summer. And Philly's an actual destination. Play with the MVP. Have a chance to win a title. And if they sort of botch this, Embiid, who he might be gone regardless, but he's definitely gone if you mess up this situation. We saw what happened with Danny Age in Boston when he lost the trust of the NBA players after the Isaiah, after the Isaiah Thomas debacle. You know, you had Anthony Davis. You had Damian Lillard being like, I don't want to play for that franchise. I don't want to play for a team that treats players like this. And the Anthony Davis one was directly linked to Isaiah Thomas with, the, with that scout. Those were his actual comments from him and his dad. And so I think there's actual stakes where if he up his chance to put another superstar next to Embiid, he's going to get fired. And his whole thing, I'm a great GM. I'm better than all the other GMs with the math. That's gone. He's, he's on debatable with us. Mayna. I like how your voice caught a little bit before you said the F word there. I just want to say that. Um, uh, here's my question for you. Do we think Joel Embiid cares how James Harden is treated? Have they ever given any indication of having any relationship at all? Like, uh, you know, setting aside your earlier assertion that Maury somehow trapped him into opting in, like he led him to a, a gingerbread house with candy that had that uh, that often I, like I don't understand I don't really believe personally that yeah. Joel Embiid would look at a situation in which um, Maury doesn't give Harden exactly what he wants and and say wow this this organization yeah. they don't treat people right yeah I think the perception of organizations is tied to how the star players feel about them I think uh, and in the the city they're in and all that stuff I don't know that Daryl Maury can wrong James Harden so much that a, a star is going to say, I don't want to play with Joel Embiid if they wanted to play with Joel Embiid. So I think the only star whose feelings matters right now is Joel Embiid. If for whatever reason, Joel Embiid wants you to keep James Harden there, which I don't think we have any indication that he does or pay him, then you have to figure some things out. But my guess is if you move on from James Harden and Joel Embiid is aggressively courting this other next superstar and they see this opportunity, I think it's, it's hard for me to believe that someone's going to be like, oh, but you tricked James Harden. Yeah, James Harden wanna, with the honey I, trap. I want to know what Embiid wants. That's what yeah, that's I was what so annoyed. Uh, like, was it earlier this week when he had the quote about, you know, oh, I, I, I you know, I want to yeah. win a championship somewhere, maybe not here. And then he tried to walk it back. I, 
I that that annoys me more than like demanding a trade, frankly, because really? it, it's it's kind of like playing footsie. We with call that we call that the dame. Yes, it, it is. It's like you're permanently like soft launching a breakup, right? Like it's like you know you're you're like posting. Dominique's really into posting pictures lately on Instagram. It's like oh, posting yeah. pictures where you're like you know you're like out a lot without your significant <laughs> other, and, and you're like you want people to kind of wonder what's going on. Just say it. Just say it. Just say, <laughs> I think just say what you want. You want I, Dame? You want them to trade Maxi? Say it. It's like when people put up those quotes that are like cryptic, but like faux deep. Yeah. I'm well, always stronger alone. That's the same sort of thing. <laughs> speaking of, uh, Alabaster just posted that uh, James Harden said on his Instagram story today, quote, been comfortable so, for so long. It's time to get uncomfortable. Don't put the fat suit up. He's going to put the fat suit up. It's terrible. Yeah. Who do you think could withstand being physically uncomfortable longer, James Mor Harden or Daryl Morey? Mm, definitely James Harden. Like if you put them in two tiny, tiny chairs. <laughs> are the chairs the same size or they're tiny depending on the size of the person? Maury's a big like, dude. Yeah, I mean, he's not tall. He's very tall. He's James Harden Darryl tall? Murray? Dude, he is. Yeah, he's like crazy tall. It's oh, really? very it's very confusing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's unnerd. Like, he can't be nerd Elvis if he's tall. What is he, like 6'5"? Uh, I don't know, but he's tall as hell. I'll say that. How do you think this all ends, Dominique? Um, with right now, with no rings for either <laughs> of them. <laughs> now, I think James Harden goes and plays for them this year. I don't think they end up moving on from him. Uh, I can't imagine yeah. that there's too many teams that want to bring him in. I guess they signed him to a small enough contract. Somebody might want him, but they end up playing it out here in. Nobody wins a championship, and Joel Embiid ends up in New York in a couple seasons. Sorry, Philadelphia. What's Philadelphia known for? Like, it's a major East Coast city, and all the cities on the East Coast, like major cities, like have their thing. In Philly, yeah, like, I feel like it's like Rocky, cheesesteaks. Yeah, Rocky, cheesesteaks, art museum. There's um, a lot of beautiful buildings downtown. Um, There's that love sculpture. Man, overrated. I'm not trying to anger Philly fans. I guess we already did. I mean, Philly fans are always angry. I just said James Harden should did more should stand his ground. So I think that's the pro sixer stance. I said the Eagles are much better there than the Jets. So you're welcome.